Here's another study from Calvary Chapel, Rochester. I'm going to read um, a list of scriptures to you that I compiled into a paragraph, and then we'll go from there. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And unto man he said, Behold, fear the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. And say how I have hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teaching, my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. A fool has no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, obviously, you can tell what the topic for tonight's little teaching is. It's the fear of the Lord. And when we started the book of Proverbs, sorry about my hot flash here, ladies. Um, as we started the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And, and that verse really jumped out at me. And I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And Don and I sat down and talked, and I said, how can I explain what the fear of the Lord is? I'm just not sure how to describe it. I'm not sure how to... I, I know what I think I know it is, but how do I describe it to somebody else when I say you need to fear the Lord? Um, the badge of Christians used to be... We were known... Um, excuse me. The, the badge of Christians used to be... Thanks. Um, that Christians were known to be quote-unquote, God-fearing people. Now, we don't hear that term very much anymore. We don't think about Christians as being God-fearing people. The fear of the Lord is not a topic that's talked about very much. Um, I don't remember the last time I sat down with you guys and say, well, what do you think about the fear of the Lord? Unless I'm teaching the Bible study. So I took a look at it from the beginning of Proverbs when we started our study. I've had side notes when the fear of the, when I see the fear of the Lord, I kind of take a look a little bit deeper for my own personal walk. And I really feel like the Lord wanted me to share this word with you guys tonight. So the fear of the Lord is the foundation of our Christian walk. 
Now, salvation through Jesus Christ is the beginning, right? So if we look at Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And when I was looking at that, it really likened, is when you first accept Jesus Christ, you start growing, you start, you have, you're at the very beginning of this knowledge. And as you walk with him, as you get to know him, and as you study his word, then you, you're moving along down this path. <clears throat> so I want to take a look at what the fear of the Lord is. So the fear of the Lord is an attitude of the heart. And Matthew 6, 1 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Psalms one twelve verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. To me, that verse just... I mean, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord that delights greatly. Do you delight greatly in God's commandments? That is someone who delights greatly in his commandments. And what he's asking us to do as believers, if you delight greatly in that, you are walking on that path of fearing the Lord. That's an amazing, I'm like, wow, I never saw that before. I've been a Christian for a long time. So the fear of the Lord also is a reverential awe and respect of him and his character. So I say fear the Lord, and you go, huh? And then it really means you have awe, you're in awe of him, you respect him, you honor him, you honor his commandments, you honor his words. That's what it means. That's what it is. Colossians 1.6, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on, in earth, visible, and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And if you understand and realize that God is the creator of all things, and you keep that in the forefront of your mind, when you make decisions or choices, it really changes your outlook when you realize that God is the one that created all things. Okay. Colossians 1 7 says, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I call these two verses the all verses. I have them marked in my Bible. I have all circled. They're the all verses. And when I start, when I don't understand something, when I don't, maybe I'm going through a calamity, maybe I'm going through a trial or a storm, and I don't understand it, I go back to these verses because God is the one who is all. And I love that part. So the fear of the Lord um, is to reverence him and for who he is. Okay, so that's another aspect of what the fear of the Lord is. My covenant, Malachi 2 5 says, My covenant was with him of life and peace. I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me, and he was afraid before my name. And this verse, it's a little confusing if you don't sit down and really study what it says, but I want you to concentrate on the last part. And it says, was afraid before my name. And that's speaking of the fear of the Lord based on his name, based on who he is. And who is he? Okay. He is I am. He is light. He is salvation. He is the high priest. He is Jehovah. He is Savior. He is our strong tower. He is our shield. He is our bulwark. He is our hope. He is our peace. He is our, I mean, you go on. Who is 
God, who is he? And it says that we are to be afraid before his name, and that means to be in fear of the Lord, in fear of his name. When you start thinking about who God is, and you start listing his names, because there's times where I'm on my knees praying, and I don't know what to pray, and I just start thanking him and calling out his name and who he is. And all of a sudden, this peace, because he is our peace, he is our all, he is the Christ, he is Jesus, he is the teacher, he is our friend. It's amazing when you understand who he is and you call upon his name. So the fear of the Lord, again, is to reverence him and who he is. Do you know his name? Do you know all his name? And when you know his name, you begin to understand who he is and understand his character. The last thing, uh, not the last thing, but another um, aspect of what fear is, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Have God's attitude regarding sin. Job twenty-eight twenty-eight says, And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. We're to hate what God hates. And when I was a little kid, you know, we weren't allowed to say hate because hate meant you wanted somebody murdered or dead. So we weren't allowed to say hate. I've told my kids the same thing. I've told my grandkids the same thing. I don't want you to use the word hate. I never allowed my children to tell me that they hate me. But when God says he hates sin, it's okay to say, I hate sin. And if you don't hate sin, start saying that. If you start to sin, say, I hate sin. I hate sin. And there's times the very thing I do, I, I, I don't want to do, I do. Or the very thing I want to do, I do not do. That wonderful passage of scripture. Because our, our, our flesh goes over there to that place where we shouldn't be. Begin to hate sinning. Begin to hate where you're going. Because God hates sin and that's who he is. So to have a fear of the Lord is to hate evil, is to hate what he hates. Okay. Have God's attitude regarding sin. Webster's Dictionary says that fear, now they have two definitions in there. One about fear that we know of, a painful emotion or passion excited by evil or an expectation of evil or the apprehension of danger. You know, someone, the boogeyman's coming, you're walking down an alley, you're looking behind you and you're really afraid or... You know, my granddaughters know a movie and they go, oh, that scared me, <laughs> you know. Think little Sally or Susan or somebody from a movie. And, you know, that's what fear, we hear fear. Or maybe you are afraid of somebody. Maybe you're bullied in school or maybe someone doesn't like you. Or maybe you're afraid to go over a bridge. Or maybe you're afraid to turn the lights off at night. Whatever, the, that's, a, that's a fear that is not related to the fear of the Lord. Okay, that is a natural fleshly Fear. In Scripture, the fear of God is a holy awe or reverence of God and His laws, which springs from a just view and a real love of the divine character. This is what Webster says. It's a just view and a real love of the divine character. Do you, and that says, do you understand who God is? Is your view of God who He really is? And if you know His name, you, you, you know His character. If you know him, you know his character. You look at him, and that's the view of the fear of the Lord. Not being afraid, but a fear of the Lord. Um, Leading to the subjects of it to hate and shun everything 
that can offend such a holy being. And that's another definition is, is offending the whole. In other words, you don't want to offend God is what they're saying. Um, so that's the definition of that. So now we understand, I hope you understand a little bit more. I, you know, going through it and studying it, it's taken me a while to kind of go, I don't know how to describe it and explain it. But to break it down a little bit more, now that I know what it is, I want to take a look at what it's not. And that's what we talked about a little bit. It's not being afraid um, of the dark. It's not being, that's not what the fear of God is. It's also not being afraid of God or a dread of God. Do you ever dread something? Like you don't want to go somewhere because you're afraid of what might happen or you're not, you're, you're not unsure about it. Um, fear of flying or fear of the dark places or any of those type of things. That's what it is not. It is not ready to punish. So in other words, God's not ready to punish you if you don't, you know, he's not ready to go, you know, you, you did that, you know, you ever feel that way? I mean, sometimes I feel like, oh, God's going to, you know, he's going to get me, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily what the fear of the Lord is. Okay. And it's not a fear based on condition. And that has to do with, you know, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do this, you can go to heaven. If you do this, you can, you know, you're going to get a plethora of money or whatever. It's not based on a condition. You do this and then I'll do this. That's what it is not because 1 John 4.18 says there's no fear in love. I love this verse. But perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment, doesn't it? When we are afraid, it has torment. He that fear is is not made perfect in love. In other words, if you find yourself afraid, which is what the fear of the Lord is not. So if you find yourself in that place, you know, take a look at, you know, turn your eyes toward him and start allowing his love to fill you. So fears, you know, awe, fear of the Lord is in awe or respect or reverence of him. It's not being afraid of him. That's what it's not. But how do we do that? What is, I mean, why do I need to know what the fear of the Lord is? Why do I need to understand that? Why did he put in Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom. Why did he put that there when we don't often think about it? I know I don't. I, I've never camped on this word before. And, I'm, and I, again, like I prayed, I, it's really pricked my heart. It's really kind of... Um, taken me in a deeper direction. So how do we walk in the fear of the Lord? The understanding of the fear of the Lord should produce three things in us. It produces in us the same attitude towards sin that God has. And that's like what I said, it hates sin. So if you are in that place where you're fearing the Lord and you, and you begin, it's a beginning, it's a, it's a walking out, it's a process but it does produce in us that attitude that God has. And that can be in anything. Do you love your neighbor? Do you take care of the, the widow and the orphan? Do you feed the poor? Do you, you know, read the word? Do you, do you do the things that he's asking you to do? Are you, are you walking with him? But if you, don't ha- if you don't know what that attitude God has, how can you? So another... Um, uh, thing that is produced in us is to know him 
And in turn, you will see the total sufficiency of God to meet all of our needs. And that goes back to Micah 2.5. I mean, Malachi 2.5. It's the I am's. Okay? If you are fearing the Lord, that fear will produce in you the knowledge that God is your all in all. He is your sufficiency. You can't do it apart from him. If you are fearing the Lord, that will be produced in your walk. And then the, the third thing is to produce in us a deep respect for the understanding of the holiness of God and the power of God. Second Peter 1.3 says, According to his divine power, he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And, I, and again, it's his divine power that you understand that the power and the strength for your daily life comes from him. And he has given you that power. It's not within yourself. And he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we talked a lot about that um, last week at our study. And, um, you know, we were going over the Proverbs 31 woman. And how many of us feel like we'll never meet that woman? <laughs> we're never going to match up to her. But God says he's given, according to his power, he's given us all things. Okay. And Psalm 3411 says, Come to me, children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And that's what I felt like I did at the beginning. I, like, I came to God and I said, I, I want to know what it really means to fear the Lord. And in this verse it says, Come, ye children, hearken to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Do you want to understand what the fear of the Lord is? Then go to him. Hearken to him. Go and sit at his feet and ask him to show you, to teach you what the fear of the Lord is. Proverbs 2, 1 through 9 says, My son, if you will receive my words, and this is how we can walk in the fear of the Lord. My son, if you will receive my words, that's the scripture. Hide my commandments with thee. Hide them in your heart so that you will incline your ear to wisdom. Listen to them, to apply thy heart to understanding. So take it from your head and put it into your heart. If you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, do you seek to know the Lord? Do you seek wisdom and understanding from the fear of the Lord? Do you seek that? As you seek for silver and gold, are your pursuits of other things more important than your pursuit of God? Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That's how we, we receive his words. We listen to him. We cry after knowledge. We lift up our voice. We seek them as like, like you've never sought them before. Instead of riches and wealth or possessions or or anything, emotional needs, seek the fear of the Lord above all else. You, then you shall understand righteousness and judgment and equity and every good path. So in conclusion, um, you know, to walk in the fear of the Lord is a step-by-step process. It is a walk of holiness. 1 John 2, 5-6 says, But whosoever keeps his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. If you keep God's word, the love of God is perfected in your life. And that's mean to be made whole. Not to be made perfect as if, you know, I'm a little queen princess. 
but to be made whole and made complete. So if you keep his word, in him is the love of God perfected. Thereby know we that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. We're to walk like Jesus walked. And he feared the Lord. He feared his father, didn't he? He he, he was our example. He was holy. It's a daily walk. It's it's if you're at the beginning, you just take the next step and the next step. And maybe you got some stairs to climb, or maybe you got a mountain to climb. But the fear of the Lord is an amazing thing. We're to walk as he walked. And how do we know how he walked? By getting to know him. How do we know him? Through his word. He tells us through his word. We can be holy women of God in our everyday lives. In our actions, Psalm 3411 says, Come, ye children. And I read that already. Did I say something funny? Oh, I'm sorry. It says, Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We're to listen to him and obey him, and he will teach us his ways. We're also to be um, holy in our everyday lives, in our conversations. Galatians 5, 15 through 16 says, But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed, uh, that you not consumed of one another, be consumed of one another. Sorry about that. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In our conversations, that's how we get tripped up and we get our focus off of the Lord. And we're to just walk in the spirit. Allow that divine power that he says he's given us for all things pertaining to life and godliness to fill you up so that you can walk in the Spirit. And then in our thought life. And that's the scripture that Tracy has, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whosoever thing, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue... And if there be any praise, think on these things. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat, drink, says he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. In other words, what you're thinking about, you start thinking about it, thinking about it, and the next thing you know, you're moving over here, or moving over here, and you start thinking about this other thing, and you're moving over here, and you're moving over here. Where to think on the Lord. That's the beginning of the fear of the Lord, is to thinking about him in our thought life. Proverbs fifteen twenty six says, Thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. Call upon his name and who he is, and you start thinking about Jesus, thinking about the Lord, thinking about his name, thinking about the scriptures that you've been studying, thinking about those things. When our, mind, our minds wander, they really do. But we need to pull them back and start thinking about Jesus. The more that you desire to fear the Lord and to walk a holy walk before him, the more he'll teach you. And that's a a huge thing. Do you desire to fear the Lord? And that's what he showed me so much. It's like there's times I can say I have not desired to fear the Lord. I didn't even understand it. I, I, I didn't even take time with it. But the evidence of that desire will come out in your life. So what are you desiring? Do you desire to know him more and to walk in his ways?
Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Desire him and not the things of the world. The Proverbs 31 woman, you know, clearly says, you know, how charm is deceitful. It kind of takes us away, the charm of life, the things that we have, and the beauty. If we focus so much on our beauty and and the things that we get, um, it's all in vain. But the one characteristic that makes her worthy to be praised is that she feared the Lord. Deuteronomy 8 says, 8.6 says, Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. So why should we fear the Lord? Simply because he tells us to. He tells us to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord thy God. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. I had asked Tracy to learn a song, and it was the very last song that we sang. And um, this song really ministered to my heart, and it was in the midst of preparing for tonight's study. And um, it really ministered to me because that's what, to me, it spoke of God's character. And all the other songs that we sang tonight, really, to worship and to praise God is one way that we really show him that we are in awe of him. I love to spend time worshiping because it gets my mind, my thoughts, my actions refocused, my heart refocused, my head refocused when I start worshiping, and it's really important. And in this song, it says, You are my strength, strength like no other. He is your strength. And his strength reaches to me. His strength reaches to you because he is a holy God. He is all in all. He is the I am, the creator. He is the beginning. He is the end. He's the alpha, the omega. He is who he is. He is your Lord. He is your savior. He's your prince of peace. And that strength reaches to you. His strength is as a mountain. Can you imagine that? I mean, I I can't even, to me, a mountain and strength sometimes don't go hand in hand. But when I put it down into what I need, when I am so weak, need, and feeble, that I need somebody to come and carry me. I need to be able to reach out and grab somebody's strength. His strength is reaching to you. And his hope, it says, you are my hope like no other. It's only his hope. Hope like no other reaches to you. His hope is reaching to you. He did that on the cross. He did that for you reaching to you. He, he wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your desires. He wants your life. And if you're walking in sin, he says, come back to me. Come to me. I will teach you what it means to fear the Lord. Right. In the fullness of his grace and in the power of his name, his name is Jesus. And if you say nothing else when you're down and out and you say Jesus, that's the power of his name. And he will lift you up. Unfailing love is stronger than the mountains, deeper than the oceans, reaching to you. Do you get the picture? We're reaching to him in our hands up in worship. But he gives us all things. It's an amazing thing to know what God has given you. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the sky. And I love how this song brought it right back to the most important thing, that it's God's love. 
It's his love that reaches to the heavens, and it's his faithfulness. It's like, it, it's like he permeates everything when you start looking for him. If you start choosing to walk in the fear of the Lord, it's a choice. You don't have to choose to. But when you choose to, you will be blessed. You will be praised. God will fill your heart with such joy. It's an amazing thing. And so often we don't. Love the things that God loves. Hate the things that God hates. Hate sin. Follow after him. Call out to him. Walk with him. And you will find your life will change. It's amazing peace and joy. And if you've never done that, you just go to him. You sit down on <laughs> sit down and close your eyes and get away from all the distractions and ask him to fill you up. Ask him to give you that power and that strength, that strength that is like no other strength. So let's pray.